Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Agoracom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. And important news it is today, our guest, David Lugston, Executive Chairman of Quest Microsystems, trades on the Venture Exchange of the stock symbol KWE, and soon to be also dual listed on the OTCQB. We'll talk about that. For those of you new to the story, it's going to be a lot of you because Quest is a, is a recent listing. It just started trading this summer. I categorize it as one of the coolest small cap listings of the year. You got shoulder launch drone systems to fight off uh, drone, drone swarms and coming in, all sorts of great technology. But what you need to know uh, as far as the description goes is they're pretty much a leader in defense technologies, defense that increases capabilities of soldiers, uh, including those of NATO and its allies, right? And these technologies make a critical difference to soldier safety and effectiveness. So it's not, you know, this, this isn't a company that, that sells ammunition and, and warfare. It's actually there to defend soldiers with great technology, great systems. Uh, their leadership team uh, spans decades, hundreds of millions of dollars in military and homeland security contracts. So this isn't their first rodeo. And they've even got partners with globally recognized equipment manufacturers, OEMs, including Samsung, where they've recently been upgraded to the Samsung uh, USA partner status. Now, speaking of successful track records, our guest David Lugston is recognized uh, as a rec as a as an entrepreneur in the defense and security industry. He was formerly, you know, ground up an infantry officer, senior official with the Canadian and British governments before leading the global built out of multiple defense and securities companies. Altogether, companies under his leadership have generated over a billion dollars. A billion, not a typo there in sales. Uh, today's press release, Quest announces $1.1 million follow-on order for Tasks IFM from key U.S. military customer. David, welcome back. Yeah, great to be back, George. Thank you. Hey, we're going to get into this order because anytime a small cap company does two things, one, get a seven-digit order on its own, it's very, very newsworthy. When it's a follow-on order, that really says something. But before we get into that, 30,000 foot level, David, what is it that Quest does so new people are watching or listening really get a grasp of what it is that you guys do? Sure. Well, you mentioned our focus on what's called so soldier safety and effectiveness. Those are words that resonate throughout to NATO because they all have programs to create future soldier systems that accomplish those twin objectives. <clears throat> what uh, Quest does is it's able to accomplished technologically ultra miniaturization and integration of sensors and software algorithms. And, and with this ultra miniaturization, you can now enable all kinds of things the military has always wanted, uh, but has not been able to do. So with that level of ultra miniaturization, you can put right onto soldiers and to their systems, integrate into their smart devices, put onto their weapons systems, situational awareness information. Everybody knows what's going on. Everyone's seeing the same common operating picture and it takes it a step further with a little clip-on device. It clips on to some of their important workhorse weapon systems. And now the weapons also are networked and know what the soldiers know, including where the adversaries are. And now it's like playing a video game with younger soldiers in particular. And most people watching most people watching just assume, well, 
David, that doesn't sound like anything new. I watch movies all the time and they've got all these gadgets. And when Tom Cruise is running through a building in Mission Impossible and Benji's on his laptop in 3D telling the run left, that's already out there. But that's not the case, right? We just think that because the, but the fact of the matter is technology to this level hasn't really penetrated uh, the military just yet, but it's on its way right now. Well, yeah, it's here today now because uh, Quest is enabling it and is uh, beginning to get very good traction in, in the market. Uh, we had some earlier contract announcements, small ones, uh, where a very important U.S. military customer was taking the lead and putting this task system, which is a software app, plus a little clip-on piece of hardware that can go on, on their weapon systems. And they were <clears throat> using these earlier contracts to incorporate this into their military exercises. Very important gating item in terms of getting traction with customers. We had said earlier we were you know, very pleased with the outcome of that. We thought the customer was pleased. That has turned out to be the case. And uh, here we have this week now this much larger contract, 1.1 million to expand the incorporation of this into these military exercises. So quite apart from the, from the fact that it's a larger amount of a contract, the expanded use really shows the kind of traction it's getting with the customer. What does it say about the fact, so is it fair to say that the first order could have been looked at more as a pilot uh, and, and they're happy with it and now they've come on with this bigger follow-on order? And if that's the case, David, do you expect that there could be further follow-on orders from this U.S. military customer, which, by the way, for everyone at home, you can imagine for obvious reasons is a reason why Quest can't name the U.S. military customer. But, you know, that's why we refer to it as a key U.S. military customer. Yeah. Um, what, what does it say and could it lead to more? Well, we've tried to um, help in that press release, uh, help investors understand just how big this can be. Uh, because we're talking in this application <clears throat> of just one weapon system that the U.S. military customer is putting this task system onto, turning it into a smart weapon. So it goes from being a dumb old workhouse, uh, workhorse weapon that militaries everywhere rely on, the 81 millimeter mortar, to now becoming a smart weapon, no modification to the weapon platform, no modification to the ammunition. It's all networked. Uh, now everybody. So essentially, you're you're networking these 81, networking. 81 millimeter mortars, right? You're you're networking them rather than just. And you're networking the the soldiers as well because they're they're seeing the same uh, common operating picture on their smartphone devices, and. Uh, you know, this opportunity alone, and I say this alone, I mean, just on the 81 millimeter mortar, uh, we estimate could be worth up to $120 million um, in, in the US and, uh, and several times that in what we call the rest of the world market. $400 million worldwide. And worldwide. they all have this same platform, right? It's a very common platform. So that's one platform out of many platforms that the TAS system will work on. And so when we size that the market, uh, you know, we realize there's a, actually an obtainable market out there uh, that's uh, in somewhere in the order of, we think about a billion dollars. Now that's over time, nature of this business is you don't go from zero to a hundred million in revenue uh, overnight. You go through these validating phases and contracts that we're seeing and you're playing for a lot. 
because that's how big the market is. And more than just lip service, what I found also interesting in the press release is that I'm going to read it here. Uh, the task IFM system has attracted the has attracted interest from other NATO forces oh, yeah. who have requested proposals from Quest, which the company is currently ashening. So you're mm -hmm. right on these right now. So it's obviously the the technology has been validated in you know, in in the theater. And uh, and how you know? Can you give us a sense for the kind of requests for proposals you've gotten? Are they in the same size range as this contract, or smaller, bigger? Well, it's a little early in uh, our proposal submission phase to say uh, how big these could be, but I can say this: uh, it's for the same kind of application or related applications as what we're doing for the US military customers. So that's really been a catalyst. And the US military customer has been very uh, helpful uh, exposing the TAS technology to uh, other elements in the US military, but also to international customers. And so it's uh, yeah very gratifying to now have all these other folks at the door asking for proposals and pricing. And uh, you know that could become uh, at least as significant as the contract we that we announced today. Uh, again, with a very big market, uh, that's addressable over time. Let me play devil's advocate. Most of us, most, most retail investors, when they look at this industry, we see Lockheed Martin and some really big names out there, right? So yeah. devil's advocate, how do you plan? Okay, you've run, you've won this uh, follow-on order, which is great. You've got some requests for proposals from other NATO forces, but how do you compete with the big companies, or do you even compete with them at all because they may not play in these specialized uh, in this in these specialized areas? Yeah, that's it. it it's a a cooperation model, if you like, uh, which we've done many times before. Uh, I mean, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of product through you know these big tier one defense contractors by partnering with them the right way. We either fill what they call capability gaps in their own offerings, uh, or they want what we have standalone and, and they pull it through to their customers and their programs, uh, not just in the US, but around the world. And uh, so it's a very explicit part of our go-to-market strategy to work with them. We get tremendous leverage out of that. Uh, they tend not to be players in niche markets. So we play in what we call niche markets on a global scale. Right. Almost. So it's almost like you're the Lockheed Martin of this size of the market. <laughs> is it, that, I, I, that may be simplifying it, but is that yeah, another we, way to look at it? We've done that before in previous incarnations. So that's not a bad analogy uh, because those niches, when you add them up, they they are huge. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not a place where the big tier one, tier two defense players would go, but they do want a partner um, because the <clears throat> first step in our go-to-market strategy is to arouse the interest of end users, important end users, uh, as we've done in this case. That in turn arouses interest from the OEMs. So it's a virtuous circle. And then the third leg in that go-to-market picture is that we have, uh, as I mentioned when we last spoke, this international network of agents and reps we've worked with over many years. And, and they can be very, uh, very helpful, sometimes vital in introducing the product into foreign markets. Well, let's talk about that a little more detail because I did want to revisit that. Distribution is everything. It's one thing to have a great product, uh, but distribution is so important. And so many companies can 
you know, pardon the colloquial term, but blow their brains out, spending millions, tens of million dollars on trying to do direct marketing, direct sales forces. You're going for a global market at the end of the day, uh, but you've got a really smart, and there's a reason you're David Luxton, you've had great success. Talk to everybody at home just a little more if you can, because there are always going to be new people watching this about your distribution model and, and the kind of quote unquote sales and marketing force that you've got around the world. Yeah. So I characterize it as our market development model, right? How do we go to market? Uh, listen, we get approached all the time by the kind of companies you're talking about, right? There can be very clever technologists that have a technology. Um, and, and uh, we get a lot of those things pitched to us and, and we evaluate them all in their merits. Sometimes we acquire them, uh, sometimes we license it, uh, but there's gotta be synergies where we, where we can put our ultra miniaturization capability to work on those. But none of these companies, <clears throat> and there's Brazilians of them, have any ability to go to market. They first of all are not close enough to the customers and the users to understand the problem that's trying to be solved today right, or how to operationalize their technology to work with the customer's practices and protocols, very important, it's what's called their operating doctrine. You know, this we understand intimately. They have no foreign uh, agents or reps that, uh, that they can go to to introduce it, uh, or if they do, you know, it's on kind of a one-off and orphaned basis. Uh, and they have no relationships with OEMs in the defense industry. You have to connect those three pieces, right, to, to be effective. That's how we've been successful in the past. And we're just borrowing a page from that playbook to rinse and repeat. And, you know, look, you're always, you're, you're, you're probably going to be humble about all this, but let's talk a little bit about, about the fact that you're able to connect all these pieces mm. because of decades of experience and success. Uh, you know, what does your Rolodex look like at the, at the end of the day? You know, the, what are the types of names, the, the types of departments without naming specifically that you're able to get to the kind of partners? Is there, how about this? Is there anybody in the space that you can't get to either yourself or in one degree of separation? Well, we, we have pretty extensive, you know, networks into, into uh, the whole community of users and OEMs and agents internationally at a really at a very senior level. And, uh, you know, that's a big advantage we have. And it's not just me and my gray hair. <clears throat> There's the rest of the team that's got deep experience in the industry, uh, deep experience with the technologies that this industry needs. And so what we bring to customers is not a technology looking for an application. We, we understand the problem they're trying to solve. They're happy to elaborate on that as we have a discussion about how Quest technology can provide them that solution. In your presentation, last thing about now I want to pull back out because we're kind of talking about tasks. Pull mm -hmm. back out. In your presentation, you say that the global, reading here, the global soldier systems market is forecast to reach 14.4 billion by 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, what percentage, you know, of that, of that market is addressable by Quest? Well, as I say, we, we adjust in the task system on different weapons platforms that make them all smart, convert them into virtual video games. You know, there, there's uh, about a billion dollar opportunity on its own. Then we have the other 
niche markets we play in. So the, the drone missile that can be very effective and uniquely effective against uh, drone threats, particularly uh, armed drones, which there's no great solution to today. I love that one. Uh, and <clears throat> the uh, electronic decoys, right, that are required everywhere now so that friendly forces can't be easily located by direction finding equipment by the adversaries. Uh, you know, there's forces around the world today that have had very recent uh, examples of being badly bloodied by that, where they've had large numbers of their other forces vaporized in a matter of minutes. Uh, so, so this is the kind of thing that's uh, again central to requirements uh, for the future. You know, we have the laser defense one. We don't know how big that market could be. We know that uh, all of NATO is looking for a solution. We know that. Uh, the potential users in the US and even here in Canada and in, out of European countries all say they've never seen anything like that. They've all been looking uh, for the solution. And so they're pretty excited to start testing this as soon as we can produce some of the first units. Uh, and, and what is that solution? So people understand a little more because, uh, uh, you know, they hear lasers yeah. and they get and they get excited. Yeah. What yeah. is that? have to have caught the previous interview to know but it is uh it's actually no laughing matter there are some uh, uh large bad actors in the world who are not signatories to international conventions barring the weaponization of laser systems against personnel um, and they've produced laser weapons on the ground and uh just you know security sensitivities around this i won't say too much about it except that you know it's it's been reported in uh, certain media that uh, this has the effect of being able to permanently blind people because it's scanned yeah. for anything optical and then it zaps it with a very high energy laser beam and it fries optical, uh, including eyeballs. So that's a health and safety issue for NATO forces, an awful lot of interest in, uh, in this solution. And uh, we'll be bringing that product to market in 21. Would you consider yourselves a leader in that, or are there other companies that have that are there before you? There are other companies that provide uh, mitigation measures for lasers, even eyewear. You can get specialized eyewear, right? That will mitigate that. But this particular weapon system uh, is powerful enough to overcome those kind of protective effects. Not only that, if you use it with the task system. You know that people have the app uh, the, on the soldiers system here from quest it will not only alert you that this laser weapon is in the area but it will locate it with great precision and again if these are snapped onto weapon systems have now been made smart they know where that laser weapon is and you can guess what the customer might do next sure and that's amazing how fast that works right now that everything is networked it's real time know it's in the area identify where it's at and then assess the next you know the next steps happen just like that and that's why we call them uh soldier defense systems at the end of the day yeah so that market you mentioned the the 14 odd billion dollar market that is the future soldier systems market it has various components to it there's a lot of areas within that where quest plays and, and, and very directly so. Uh, so that is one of the major markets we're addressing. So that goes 
far beyond the billion dollars for this on weapon systems um, that has concentric circles out from that that involves other things where quest technology has application is it fair to say that as technology because you know this this decade i think is going to be dominated by the convergence of so many great technologies that i call granular you refer to as miniaturization so is it fair to say it's almost like the big side is taken care of nukes tanks planes you know those markets are established and they're constantly being updated naturally but is this the new high growth part of this world which is the granular miniaturization getting technology right down to the granular level of the soldier and their weapon? It certainly is a high growth area, one of the really important ones. And it, you think about it, 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 it's it's where all forces have taken most of their casualties, 90% or more of their casualties, uh, soldiers on the ground. And soldiers on the ground have not had what fighter pilots have and ships have and tanks and armored vehicles have. Uh, which is network systems, right? And situational awareness yeah. those and targeting capability. Soldiers never had that. Now that now when you can ultra miniaturize it, and that's what's key and integrate it all the right way, uh, you can productize things that give the soldier that same capability on the ground. And you know, to use an overworked term, that's that's the game changer. That's in fact how customers are are referring to it. So uh, the outcome of that and the benefit of that is a soldier is able to be more informed, more able to be safer uh, because they can actually gauge, engage uh, adversaries further back and from behind cover. Doesn't have to be have a line of sight on them and it can uh, bring fire to bear from different weapon systems with much greater precision and coordination amongst his team. Last question for you on the business side, then I'm going to ask somebody about the U.S. listing. Uh, how happy are you with how Quest is ending 2020? Uh, is it on track? Did it exceed your expectations? Any chance maybe it didn't meet your expectations? How, 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 uh, how satisfied do you feel with how you're ending off the year? Well, we, uh, we certainly had a lot of uh, news and hit many milestones, uh, milestones we expected to hit. Uh, we're now actually in our first quarter of uh, 21. <clears throat> we adjusted our year end to September 30th to align with the U.S. government and the military year end. And, and uh, so we're now in Q1. It's great to be starting with the kind of contract announcement uh, that we had earlier this week, not just because of the amount of money, uh, but because of what it signifies and validates. And we're looking forward to 21 as really a pretty exciting uh, growth year for the company on, on lots of fronts. So uh, uh, that falls short of financial guidance, which I can't uh, give. No, nope, no, nope, don't expect that. That's for sure. Just more, just more general, you know, how, how, how you feel about how you guys have ended the year. That, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, we ended the year very pleased with the milestones we hit and are, are um, feeling pretty good about being able to start off the new year with announcements like this this week. And last thing uh, outside of the business is uh, in late November, you announced that you're applying for an OTCQB listing, which mm -hmm. for the most part, we wouldn't really be speaking about because so many Canadian listed companies apply for OTCQB listings. It just makes sense. It's a big market. But for Quest, it's it's an even more important market than most uh, to, be, to get an OTCQB listing. Why is that? 
Well, the OTC listing is, uh, is more important to a company like Quest than it would be to most Canadian small cap companies that tend to be resource companies, for example, as you would know. So this is a story I know from previous experience building up and leading uh, public companies and private companies that really resonates with US investors. You know, they get it, they like it. Uh, it almost feels sometimes like they're investing in the stock as a patriotic act. Uh, so not to overstate it or dramatize, but it just has that degree of appeal in the US market, you know, where, where it, it uh, and of course it's a much bigger market. So we have uh, in conjunction with the OTC uh, application, we have uh, DTC eligibility pending and uh, we think it should all be done. And the company trading on the uh, OTC market uh, probably sometime in early January. And with that, we have a pretty vigorous, uh, very strategic IR focus um, uh, happening in conjunction with that in January. So that's an important kind of next phase on the investor front for the company. Yeah, there's just no doubt that Americans relate uh, to this industry even more than Canadians do, just by the nature of the fact that it's the country with the largest uh, military force in the world, right? So yeah. j just just from just from potential soldiers alone in the U.S., we, we could we could attract a large investor audience, let alone yeah. the entire culture. So uh, that that's that's great, David. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Congratulations again on a seven-digit follow-on order from a key U.S. military customer. I think that speaks volumes uh, about uh, about where the where the company's products, how they're performing, and great to see that you've got other NATO allies, other NATO forces that are you're actioning right now, where you're responding to requests for proposals. That's that's great, and can't wait to have you back in the early new year. I look forward to that, and a good new year to you, George. And thanks very much for the update. Thank you, David. For those of you at home, you've been watching, or if you've been listening by podcast to David Luxton, Executive Chairman, Quest Microsystems. Brand new listing, super cool listing, but most importantly, a company that's delivering because you heard what David had to hear uh, had to say here today. They traded on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol KWE. For our US investors, uh, they should be trading on the OTCQB in the early new year, so keep a lookout for that. But in the meantime, we know that soldier systems, you know, there aren't many small cap companies in this space. So if you need to get a little more due diligence to get yourself familiar, get to Agoracom, go to the Quest Hub, go to the profile section, and we've neatly laid it out there for you. All the different systems that they've got, you know, who they address to, who their markets are, uh, and who they've dealt with in the past. And I think you're going to find that immensely helpful. And of course, get yourself over the Quest Microsystems website. And hopefully what you've discovered today is your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.